Hey guys, hi and welcome to another episode of Game Train. This time we're on episode 35. Uh, my name's Carl Smith and as always I've got Callan Davison here with Hello, you. Hello, Carl. Hello, Callan. Um, we have a special double episode this time. We're going to do we're going to be reviewing Far Cry 5 and Nino Kuni 2. So uh, that's coming up soon. We got a little chat about how you can win a copy of Far Cry 5. That's right, another one. We uh, we gave away Far Cry 5 and Nino Kuni 2 last week, but we've got one more copy, uh, this time for Australia and New Zealand only. Uh, more on that later. We're going to be having a little bit of uh, a chat about some backwards compatible stuff and uh, a bit more on our streaming adventures and a bunch of games we've been playing. But first, let's jump right into the news. First one is uh, one I'm pretty excited about. We finally got a date for Spider-Man, which is September 7th. Booyah. So, uh, yeah, not much more on the new details of uh, of the game. I'm actually really excited because I sat down and watched a video on all the web swinging the other day, and it was really awesome. Oh, I did watch that video. It looks so fun. I hope it feels good. I think it will because these are the guys behind Sunset Overdrive, which... I think is some of the best traversal in a game for just years. Overwatch Retribution is out now, uh, and it's like a co-op kind of like four-player. I wouldn't say it's a horde mode. It's like you kind of just go through and do like part of um, the story, which is really interesting. I think it was eight years in the past when uh, everything started to go down. Uh, it's really cool. There's like um, it's the first time I've seen an actual cutscene at the start of it besides you know Winston uh is that his yeah. name welcome to Overwatch yeah yeah that bit so there's an actual uh cutscene which is really interesting and I think they use like instead of doing that epic sort of Pixar animation that Blizzard usually does I think it's kind of like in-game engine okay. maybe but like it it looks really nice like the talking and the animation of the faces looks awesome man I wish they did more of it but uh, I jumped in and, and had a look at that. It's a lot of fun. They, and also, with that, they've got the um, the one they released last year instead of just Retribution, uh, Uprising. Okay. Which is uh, another sort of one player. It just it, it goes in like three steps and, um, you know, you're playing with a bunch of teammates and you're fighting against bots and AI and you're protecting payloads or whatever, completing missions. But a lot of fun. It ends on April 30, so jump in and have a look. It's really fun. We'll try and probably stream it later. There are six more Xbox 360 games that are now backwards compatible, uh, and they're getting enhanced updates, or have gotten, I should say. Uh, and that's Red Dead Redemption, which I just discovered yesterday and jumped in and had a look. More on that later. Also, Gears of War 2, uh, Sonic Generations, if you care, uh, Darksiders, the first one, Valve's Portal 2, which is such good news. That's a good excuse. We should jump on and do the co-op of that sometime, <laughs> Kellen. Um, and also Star Wars The Force Unleashed, which was an excellent game. So that's now got the Xbox One X enhanced treatment. Hey, I own that game. Yeah, well, check it out. Go have a look. I, I just downloaded the Undead Nightmare add-on for Red Dead Redemption, so I'm going to jump on and check that out after we record this, actually. Also, we've got uh, Rocket League update on the Switch, which just happened last week. And I just thought that was worth mentioning because um, they had an issue... When they first released Rocket League, and that was that it looked kind of gross, uh, but that was so that the performance could be like really nice because it was all sort of, I think, 60 frames, and it was, you know, it's uh, cross-play with PC and everyone, uh, everyone except PlayStation, right? As always, mm, yeah. But um, this time they've they added a performance sort of boost, which is I thought it was worth mentioning because I think it's the first time they've done it on Switch where you can choose sort of like. Uh, graphics or performance, you know, you can have it like really pretty but run at 30 frames or you can have it right down to, I think it's less than 720 but then it runs at 60 frames. So jump on there and check it out if you've been uh, playing some Rocket League and want to see some improvements on the Switch. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Shadow of War uh, is removing all microtransactions. I think that is awesome news it, it means we are slowly winning the war against microtransactions with this and um ea pulling back on the battlefront 2 um you know and turning that all to um uh cosmetics you know so what else we got we got the pax 
pricing. The PAX uh, pricing is out already. It's early bird at this stage. The three-day pass is $165. Single day is $62 each. Uh, and BYO Computer, you just add another $45 to that. Also, on top of those uh, PAX prices, you can also get the... Because uh, this year, EB and PAX have joined forces to make Supercon. Um, <laughs> well, you know, make it all bigger and stuff. They've got, uh, EB's got their own special super ticket where if you pay $499, you get, um, exclusive ultimate gamer program on Thursday, the 25th of October, the PAX Oz three day badge, exclusive ultimate gamer function, early access to the EB Expo mega store, free shipping for anything you buy in the EB Expo mega store a chill-out room, and free locker access. Spyro Remaster is finally confirmed. Another one of those worst-kept secrets. Kind of everyone knew it was coming, but it's coming for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, we think it'll come to Switch later, but nothing on that yet. Um, and it'll be the first three Spyro games. News to me, I didn't actually realize there was three of them. At least it won't be brutally so hard of... like Crash was. Well, we don't know that, do but we? But Spyro was never a hard game. Yeah, that's true, but Crash was never an impossible game. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just went, you know what, we don't want you to finish it, so we're going to just put kind of a block, yeah. uh, which we're disguising as the bridge level. Oh, I heard Carl's going to do the Crash Bandicoot challenge. <laughs> no, only with Doritos. I think my dog there has something to say against that. Yep. Oh, hey, Louie. Louie wants to be part of the uh, the podcast. He's got some news he's, he wants to mention. He wants to talk about the dog in Far Cry 5. We're going to do that later, Nintendo Dogs is coming back? <laughs> no. Um, okay, and also we've got THQ Nordic revealed that Red Faction Guerrilla is getting remastered for PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox One. And unfortunately, it's being called Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered, which is just awful. Just so awful. Uh, But I'm pretty excited. Uh, I had so much fun with that one. All right. And uh, lastly, uh, something I'm privately excited for, which they just announced at PAX East. uh, Firewatch is coming to Switch. Yes, that game was so much fun. And I think it's such a cool match for Switch. Like the art style and it's kind of like, it's just a short burst of a game. It's no more than like three or four hours, but... I can't wait to see what it looks like and how it plays on there. So I'm excited about that. Um, And that is the news. We have some uh, Game Train news worth mentioning. As I said before, we are giving away one last copy of Far Cry 5. This time for Australia and New Zealand only. And we're going to be doing it on our Twitch channel, which we've been having so much fun with lately, guys. That's just twitch.tv slash Twitch. Easy peasy. Um, And this one, we're going to be giving it away on Tuesday next week, which I should have the date right here, but I do not because that's how I roll. The 17th. Yes. Tuesday, the 17th of April. We'll be jumping on. Join us between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m. AEST for your chance to win. We're going to just pick a random viewer in the middle of the stream somewhere. You can uh, win a copy of Far Cry 5. On PlayStation 4. Jump on and check that out. Oh, yeah. Better mention that. on It's a PlayStation 4 only. So Australia and New Zealand and PlayStation 4. We probably narrowed it down to like one person. So congratulations. It's yours. Hey. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So, yeah, we've been doing some more streaming again. Yes. The Bloodborne Challenge is still ongoing. Yep. Killing it, Which Callum. is, which is well. hilarious. Uh, I got another boss on the last stream. Uh, so I'm up to all brand new stuff for me, which I've never done before. So it's been very exciting for me. Uh... And yeah, I'm up to 66 deaths now, so it's a lot of fun. So, uh, wow. Yeah, so that's every Sunday and Wednesday night at 8.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Do you feel fitter? I, I feel fitter. I actually put the weights up that I've been using, so I'm a bit... Oh, so nice. So I think they're at about 15 kilo now. I think you should add to it and get like a uh, exercise bike and pedal while you play. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about a treadmill? Nope. Nope, don't need any of that. No, what I'm a, fine with. Uh, what about doing one of those leg ones? I'm fine going how I'm we going. We do the, the leg moment, lifts, so I'm I'm all happy <laughs> with that. Um, so uh, yeah. and more more streams. Tell us about more streams. More streams. Yes. So Carl does his variety stream every Monday morning. 
at 9am yes, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And I'll be variety streaming on Thursday nights at 8.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. So it's going to be whatever games we're playing at the time or what's new out. It's, it's variety streaming. We'll be just plucking one out of the hat and going, right, we've got God of War to play or we've got Yakuza to play or, or yep. whatever, you know. Or we'll go to the past and do Abe's Odyssey exactly. or some Red Dead Redemption or Mad Max. That's right. So, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of options and we'll, we'll see we'll see what works well in the stream because we've discovered some games don't work well in a stream and others do work well in a yeah. stream. Learning process for us. Um, and also those, those times will always be on, but we go on whenever it sort of meets our fancy. So, you know, jump on and follow us and you can get notified of when we're just... Feel like jumping on and doing a yeah, stream. Yeah, well, because the other night we did just an impromptu uh, Overwatch stream just for someone to do. Yep, and I, I did one just to test out Far Cry 5 on the Xbox because I'd never streamed on there before and I ended up staying on there for like two and a half hours <laughs> as a test and yep. I had so much fun. Yeah. So that's our streaming news, but yeah, make sure you jump on and, and uh, look out for that free Far Cry 5 copy. But uh, let's move on to games we've been playing. Uh, Callan, what have you been doing? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I actually haven't really been playing much apart from Bloodborne and our review games, but I did go see Ready Player One, so I think that can go on here. Yeah, I think it can. I, I do. So actually. this is this if is the new movie. segment, Movies We Have Been Watching. That have to do with that games. That have to do with games. So I'm not going to go into a lot here because yeah. Carl doesn't want spoilers, but I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I think the soundtrack was one of the best parts of the movie. The soundtrack was awesome. Uh, oh, okay, uh, If you've cool. seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it's a very similar soundtrack. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a lot of 80s pop classics uh, throughout the movie. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I enjoyed the movie. It, it was good. And I've uh, started reading the book now. So uh, yeah, I can't go too much into plot, etc. But uh, it was a good watch. If you like video games and you like... Um, 80s pop culture. Go see it. Nice. Yeah, I've started reading the book myself. I'm trying to finish it before I watch the movie, but I'm scared I won't get there before it leaves the cinemas, so I might have to sacrifice halfway through, but um, I'm having a lot of fun reading the book. It's it's very... It's easy to read. It's just, like, really fun. So, yeah, check that out. Um, let's see now. Games I've been playing... I I jumped into Mad Max because it's uh, free on PlayStation Plus this month. And I, I've been streaming that a little bit, and it's still as fun as ever. I only um, I had it on PC, but I couldn't get through it because I just hate sitting at my PC. It looks so much nicer, <laughs> but but it's just more fun on the PlayStation, just sitting there on my couch. And um, yeah, it was actually really cool streaming and having uh, some of you guys helping me out through the game. Like, I had to walk away for a bit, and then I came back and was like, ah, I don't know what's going on. And then someone commented, like, you got to get armor for the car. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> So, stuff like that, but the game is just, it's one of the most underrated games, I think, and it's because it came out the same year as The Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5, so no game would have stood a chance, but this one was um, sadly a a really good game that I think a lot of people missed, so I'm kind of stoked it's free at the moment, because I think it means a lot of people are going to get to check it out and have a go. I just wish Jump wasn't on the left trigger. That is doing my head Can you change the controls? I don't know. I always get scared of doing that because I think, well, if they've done something as crazy as put jump on the left trigger, maybe it's because it plays well with how I'm supposed to use the other controls. Mm -hmm. So I just force myself to get used to it. It just ruins other games when I jump back in. Oh, something else I've been doing, and this can now go into animes we've been watching. Uh, Through Anime Lab, the, uh, the anime streaming service, they have Persona 5, the animation on there now. Hooray! Yeah, hooray. and they have Persona 4. And Persona 4. So if you never played that and just want to check out the anime, that's worth jumping well, in Well, I too. watched uh, pretty much all of the first episode by the last two minutes of Persona 5, and oh my gosh, it was so good. It's it's in Japanese only, but there are English subtitles. But yeah, it, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I got to check it out. I've been watching um, Attack on Titan. I've never seen that before, so I jumped in to check it out, and uh, I think I feel a little bit more depressed than I was going oh. in. That's that's some heavy, heavy stuff. Wow. <laughs> but so good. Um, but yeah, Callan and I have just jumped onto Anime Labs recently. It's like s- 
$6.99 a month or something for like the full premium thing. It's so cheap and there's so much content. But um, yeah, that's that's about all I've been up to besides the review games. Uh, oh, and uh, just before, I did mention earlier, I, I did jump into Red Dead Redemption to check out that 4K update that I spoke about in the news. And um, it looks beautiful and still holds up very well. So... Uh, I'll talk more about that later once I have a huge go of the Undead Nightmare, which I never finished last time, so I'm excited to check out. Let's move right along. We're going to go, before we get into our feature games, we're going to do this week's shout-out. And this time, we'd like to do a shout-out to the Aussie streamer team community on Twitch and Discord. You guys are awesome. Um, I've never really been on Discord properly. Callan just got me to check it out, and I jumped on yesterday and was just lost and confused and all of them just jumped on and helped me through it it's a beautiful helpful community um and while you know like we'll jump on and just stream and they'll just all jump on and support and have a chat and have a laugh and hang out and everyone really helps each other out it's um it's a really beautiful thing to be a part of so i'm I'm really stoked to be part of it and i'm stoked that it's there you know like i don't know it makes me kind of proud to be both a streamer and an Aussie gamer. <laughs> it's 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 a growing community. It hasn't been around for very long. Um, you know, there's some really big Twitch uh, streamer communities out there, but um, you probably get lost in all the noise when there is yeah. just like two thousand people in the Discord. Yeah, like this one. I woke up this morning. And one of them was just like, "Good morning," and everyone's just like, "Hey, how you doing?" And you know, just having this chat, but everyone was answering each other's questions and like, oh, you know, I'm up to this, I'm playing this game, I gotta go to work, oh, work sucks, you know, enjoy yourself, blah, blah, and I don't know, it was just really warm. Yeah, no, it's a a good Um, little uh, community, so if you're a streamer or you like watching streams, come just join the Discord, Um, uh, it's the um, Aussie Streamer Team Discord, Uh, yeah, if you want the actual link, just send us a uh, a message and we can shoot that out to you, to invite you in, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just called Aussie Streamer Team. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so we thought that'd be worth mentioning this week. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun with those guys. Uh, which brings us, ladies and gentlemen, to our feature games. Woo. Well, we got, as I said, we got a double episode this time. Uh, there's just so many things happening with gaming and releases. So, um, you know, we have to review two of these just to fit them in. So. Uh, what do we what do we want to start with? You want to drop some Nino Kuni wisdom? Sure, let, let's get stuck in the Nino Kuni too. You are the kingdom's last hope ever. You cannot die. I'm going to build a kingdom where everyone can live. Happily ever after. Nino Kuni 2 is developed by Level 5 and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. It is out now on the PlayStation 4 and PC. It is a JRPG which tells the story of Evan, a young king building a new kingdom and trying to unite the world under one banner after his own kingdom was taken over in a coup. It, it's nice. your traditional sort of JRPG. It's not turn-based. It's, it's, it's real-time combat. Uh, you know, it's a big fantasy world. Uh, I got a lot of, uh, I guess, Final Fantasy Seven vibes at times from it with the world map, etc. Because you go into like little oh, chibi okay. mode on the world map. I know it remind me of that sort of style. Um, going in, I thought, oh, should I have played the first one uh, leading up to it? So I actually sat down and watched all the cutscenes of the first one on YouTube. Oh, wow. How good are those cutscenes? Really, hey? really, really good. And um, Oh, man, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I started this one. Well, this one's set hundreds of years later in the same world. Um, there is some tiny references back, but very, very, very minimal. And you go to one same city again, which is uh, Ding Dong Dell. Uh, oh, you go you to go, Ding Dong You go Dell. back to Ding Dong Dell. So that was the city or the kingdom that um, Evan was king of, but it's taken over in the coup. Ah, yeah. wow, okay. That's yeah, so um, apart from that, there wasn't really much looking back at the first one. So if you haven't played the first one, don't worry. If you want to jump into two, you can just go straight off to it. So uh, I think the most outstanding thing of this game is the graphics. Yeah. So the yeah. first one, uh, the developers teamed up with Studio Ghibli on that one, uh, which is famous for a lot of uh, anime movies that you may have seen. Yeah. Um, this one, they actually weren't 
partnered on this one, but I think they took a lot of influence from. Well, they already had the. They already engine, had the engine, etc. Yeah, yeah, so it, it's got that really, really nice look to it, and it's one of my favorite things about the game is just just the look of the characters and and the monster designs. They all look really awesome. It's like playing a cartoon at times. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really nice, and there's there's like a lot of different systems in this game. So you've got your normal sort of fighting etc with like um magic and you got these other little guys called uh higglies that sort of hang out with you which is these little like pikmin like creatures that all do special abilities like turn into a cannon and shoot the enemy or or use magic etc to help you out um but then also there is the kingdom building element so you're building a new kingdom and you start off quite small and you start making revenue in real time so every like hour you get a certain amount of money then you use that to upgrade your buildings and add new buildings and then you can um, do side quests to get people to move into your kingdom. And then you put them in buildings to research different upgrades and things. And it goes on from there. And then there is also the... It's uh, it's like this little battle mode where you take an army out, or four armies, and you, you fight other little armies, sort of like on a battlefield, sort of like from a top-down yeah. kind of perspective. Um, that was weirding me out. That's I saw the... Um some footage of that and I, I was just that was the one that I didn't understand what was going on I didn't uh, for- I didn't get it at first but actually after playing it for a bit there's actually quite a bit of strategy because you can get different armies and you have up to four armies with you at a time um, and they have different abilities strengths and weaknesses and you change your okay. armies around depending on what you're going up against um, to to counter them and then you slowly level up your armies and your armies get stronger and you've got special abilities that you can drop in battle. So I found that actually quite entertaining in the end. Okay, and that's a whole different thing from the normal one-to-one battle That's system, right, right, but you have to participate in some of these battles throughout the game. Okay, well, for those listening, uh, I'm asking these questions because I didn't in fact play it and um, I am relating to some stuff because I played some of part yep. one. So that's that's my only knowledge of Nino Kuni. So yeah. Um, it's all about questions for me. I really enjoyed the combat in this. It feels really slick and smooth like your normal um, monster fighting combat. So it's random battles, but the monsters, you can see them walking around. So you can choose to fight or okay. not. Okay. Which is... Is it like real time yeah. when you jump into random battles or are you selecting attack uh, and stuff? No, it's real time. So you're swinging your sword or, you know, you're dodging out. Like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, yep, you're dodging, out, dodging okay. out of the way. Um, you, you're triggering off special attacks and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, and the music's lovely. Like it's got a great score, which you'd expect from a game like this. Yeah. True and that. it's, it's great in the game when you do get a cutscene and there is talking, etc., going on with like dialogue, but there's not enough of it. There really isn't enough of it. There is way too much text in this game for, for what it is. Like Damn. I was expecting a lot more cutscenes and a lot more talking. A lot of it, even in really important moments in the game is just text written down in speech bubbles and it's like it would have been nice to see all that Dang. you know voiced yeah i think a lot more was voiced in the first i, I would have liked to have seen this game come out maybe in another five or six months and have like just about the whole thing voiced because it would have just added so much more to this game than yeah it's weird that they have a, just a little bit yeah and it's frustrating because some scenes will start out in text and then some of the scene will then be voiced and then it'll just go back to the text again Oh, that's yeah, it's, uh, okay. it, it was a real letdown. Um, another thing is the kingdom building. I really enjoyed, but I did not like the real time waiting on stuff. So it's like you you have to get some of your buildings up to a certain level in the game, right? And yeah. all that takes real time to get enough money to upgrade. And then you've got to research and and upgrade buildings, which all takes time. So you might research something and it might take 50 minutes. But that's 50 minutes of real time playing in the game. Uh, well, at least, I mean, I hope not, but they don't charge you like a dollar to make it. No, but you, know, you like can use some of your <laughs> in-game currency to speed it up. Okay. Can you buy that with no. real money? Oh, thank Yeah, you. no, there's no okay, microtransactions that I saw of. So that's, that's all good. But it was okay. just a bit frustrating at times. Like, uh, I've got all the stuff for this new research but now i've got to wait 50 minutes for it to complete of real time so it's not like that it would just tick over the like normal time which would have been actually kind of good that i could have set a whole heap of research when i went to sleep go up next morning they're all done 
Yeah, okay, so you have to be playing. You have to be playing. Um, and another thing Ooh. which about this game, there was no challenge. Okay, so I finished this game in... I, I've gone through and finished the whole game. Um, rolled those credits. Nice. I, it took me about 55 nice. hours. Um, I died once. Oh, I got what? one game over the screen and only... Not because it was hard because I got careless and ran into a battle with like um, no healing potions. If I had have had healing potions, okay. I wouldn't have died in that battle. I just got a bit careless and yeah. Wow, is that difficulty settings or is that just no, kind of the game? No, that's the game. Itself? It was very, very, very easy. One battle right near the end, I held square and yep. I won the battle. Now, now, did, did, so this I was guess... that siege mode, the uh, RTS style mode that I was talking about before the the armies battle. But I was quite a lot higher than yep. this thing I had to beat in it. But I just held the the square button, which is this power up thing, and what and Damn. won this battle against this major thing. And I was like, "You serious?" Like I was just sitting there, one <laughs> hand just holding square, just watching the enemy's life bar go down. Like what? Is that is it like aimed for a younger? Audience I think so. Maybe, for, or did you it, just did like, you grow like, okay? Let's or? say I was let's say I was like 12, 12 years old or whatever. Um, yeah, this would be like a great first introductory RPG for someone, like a great JRPG. That you know, there's uh, the story is very sort of you know very uplifting and very very nice. You know, Evan makes a lot of friends and he wants everyone to be his friend. There's a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, Okay, it's okay, a very uplifting yeah. sort of thing. There's no real complication in the story as such. It's all very goody-goody throughout it all. Okay, so very opposite to our next Yeah, game. exactly. It's a complete 180. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and all that. So, yeah, I, I guess like I didn't really do any grinding either. I just played the game. Wow, so you kind of just went from thing yeah, to thing. Yeah, and at one stage, wow. at one stage the other day, I was like level 60-something, and I was killing level 80 monsters. Oh, I shouldn't man. be getting okay, that's not near them in any other RPG. I should be getting slaughtered. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so... so that, like, what was that game? The, um... Uh... The Nintendo Switch RPG. I'm just totally blanking. Well, I'm set sooner. No, no, no. The very big popular one. Oh, um, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. That one. Like, if it was... They're only like two or three levels above you and they just crush yeah, you to no, bits. Yeah, I, I was you know? smashing... And it wasn't a struggle. I was smashing these enemies that were 20 levels above me. Wow. Okay. All right. So it must be... I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of fun, but aimed at a slightly younger yeah, audience. Yeah. But, you know, in the end of the game, it was a good fun game. I, I enjoyed my time with it. And... Um, yeah, big downside was not enough, um, voice acting, a bit too easy. Um, and the, the plot, as I said, it wasn't really any major complications throughout it. Yeah. Um, okay. so in the end, I'm, I'm giving this a 7.8. 7.8 carriages. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about fair. Yeah. Nice. Well, that was, uh, Nino Kuni 2. Okay. Uh, and now for our next game, which, uh, we actually were lucky enough to both play this one and uh, completely get through it just before we recorded this uh, Far Cry 5 so I don't care how you stop them just get it done Hope County is our home don't let those bastards take it without a fight far cry 5 or as i spelt it here far cray 5 i don't know what was going on there um it's a action adventure first person shooter if any of you guys have seen the other far cry games you know what it is uh developed by ubisoft montreal and ubisoft toronto and published by ubisoft so it's a big uh, ubisoft party happening there it's on uh Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. We both played it on the Xbox One X, which is uh, arguably one of the best ways to play it. It runs and looks stunning. Uh, and some reviews, uh, or articles I should say, are saying that it actually looks and runs a little bit better than it does on the PC for some reason at the moment. So maybe waiting on some updates to make that run better on the PC version, but... Very strange that the Xbox One X uh, runs it actually 
better on 4K. Yes. But anyway, it's um, basically it's Far Cry in Montana. It's got this intense sort of religious cult story. Uh, well, it starts intense, at least. Um, I don't know. I was expecting it to be a little bit more different. But if you've played a Far Cry game, especially from 3 onwards, 3 and 4 and Primal, then you kind of already know what to expect here. It's very similar. It looks beautiful. Very, very pretty. Uh, it now has a drop-in, drop-out co-op, which is actually super fun, even though the visitor that's jumping into your game only really gets to take back perks and money. Yeah, that was a bit so if you're frustrating like, that you couldn't uh, continue the story if I jumped into your game and we do quest A that we both haven't done. It doesn't count for me that I have to go redo it again on my game. Yeah, very weird. And it's like it's a downside because of like the story and having to redo it. And it's too much of an upside on the other side where there's these like little puzzle things, which I think are like the best thing in the game. But the uh, prepper stashes, which are these like kind of like mini, mini shrines or dungeons in other games or like the small version of tombs from the first remake of Tomb Raider, uh, where you have to like just find these stashes full of perk points and money. But you got to do like little puzzles to get in there. And there's a lot of money to collect. But if you do it, if I jump into Callan's game, I can do his ones, and then I can come back and mine are still all there and do mine. So you get, I think you get like nearly double the amount of money that the game wants you to get. And if you have two or three friends, you can go do it again, and you get really OP and rich really quickly. So I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. Depends on what kind of, you know, gamer you are. Some people are pr- probably stoked that you're like, wow, sweet, I can get all the bazookas in every plane before I finish the first section of the game. Uh, but I I wish it was sort of I wish you got less, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, um, um, yeah, it got to that stage where it's like, oh, cool, I got everything I want. Yeah, but got there quite early. Yeah. Like, it happens in a lot of games if you just kind of, you know, grind it out a little bit. But in this, you know, I wasn't grinding per se, but I was just as soon as I discovered those prepper stashes, I just went to seek them out because they're they're so fun. They're just simple and like interesting and they play with your head a bit and they're very gamey like the little puzzles you do and it's a lot of them are really creative and they're a lot of fun so i definitely recommend doing them even after you've got all the perks and all the money you could ever want um i'd still just go and do those just because i think they're sort of the funnest part of the game um there's a lot more flying this time i I think they kind of introduced flying in far cry 4 but you only had like a little wobbly gyrocopter now you have like helicopters and all kinds of planes with bombs and, you know, guns, missiles and all that kind of thing. Um, so that was really fun to check out. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I don't know how you could really... I don't want to say too much about the story because what what story there is there, um, you know, I don't want to spoil too much. But the, I think maybe they had a bit too many antagonists. I don't know, I was getting, it was all kind of blurring together a little bit at one stage. I kind of wish they just focused on the one main uh, Joseph seed, but, you know, he's got his siblings as well there, and they each have something to say, but it's weird. It's like you can almost sum them up in one sentence, and they just kind of drill that into you over and over and over. Like, I, I don't want to say too much again, but I think that could all have been broken into, like, nuances of the one main antagonist in joseph but that was something i found quite frustrating in this game is when you are doing these regions because each sibling to joseph is in their own region that once you clear a certain amount you will just randomly whisk away somewhere for story now this can happen anytime so you could be in the middle of another mission just shooting guys doing whatever flying up it never happened when i was flying but you know walking around that then suddenly boom you get whisked away it's like I was in the middle of that, man. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you're doing quite well. Or maybe it's like your third try and you're like, all right, I'm really going to concentrate now and I'm going to get this done next minute in the story. And you're like, really? I had it happen while I was, um, uh, what's that? Like gliding in the suit, wingsuit. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I was mid wingsuit. Uh, granted, I was quite close to the ground. Um, and I wasn't doing anything particular. I was just kind of having fun and, you know, trying to wingsuit between trees and then gone into the story. And also, if, if you want to just kind of turn off the game or something at that point, or I don't know, you know, chances, it's not too long, but you're just like, oh, now I've got to sit here and watch this. Oh, okay. I was listening to something like 
I don't know about you guys, but with open world games that are kind of just fun and silly, I like to just have fun while doing something like listening to a podcast. And then if that happens, you know, like I'm scrambling to unmute my thing and pause the podcast and like grab stuff and go, oh shit, I got to change everything around with my setup here. I was just trying to chill. So, um, I mean, you know, having said all that, there's a lot to love in this. It is super fun. It plays really well. All the guns feel awesome. There are some genuinely creepy moments in the game. Um, and also, there's some genuinely funny moments and fun ones in the missions. Like, there's a lot of variety in them. It, it didn't feel too samey. Oh, like- I got a very Rockstar vibe from, from some of it. That they, they um, you know, they, they look at current events and things going on and they just take the mickey out of it. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of references to, like, things happening. Yeah, like, political and religious and... Even just in gaming and uh, like modern media, movies, but yeah, that's very true. It's sort of a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. They, yeah, and I could see there was a balance. There were, well, there was an attempt at a balance between serious story and goofing around. But I mean, it leans very heavily, very quickly into more of the goofing around and you know blowing up bears with dynamite and stuff. And I don't. It just starts off at such a different mood. When you do that first mission, you're just like, oh my god, what am I getting into? This is intense. And then like 20 minutes later, you're just like on a jet ski and throwing explosives around and catching fish. Um, So the mood shift is a bit, it's not as smooth as Rockstar seemed to find it. You know, like they have this beautiful middle ground of like serious things to say, but with a joke in it to make you laugh. And I don't know. Um... What else? There was uh, the map. I really like the map. I'm, I'm a, a map guy in games. And this one reminded me a lot of the Horizon Zero Dawn map, which is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Uh, since, like, the Skyrim map, like, it's kind of like that. Like, you can see the actual mountains and trees, and you can zoom right in there and see points of interest. And I really like how it works, that it's not just towers and you unlock all this stuff. Like, you actually have to go to places, and you discover new sort of points of interest by actually going to them. Yes. Yeah. Um, they finally got rid of the towers, which is great. And again, they, they do that play on, on words in the game, like a bit of satire on their own sort of, uh, design, you know, it's like, Oh, don't worry. You won't have to be climbing up towers all game or whatever. Yeah. They tell you very early in just to reassure you. Cause the first thing they kind of make you do is like, all right, climb this really tall tower. And you're like, really Ubisoft, that's what you're making me do. But he's like, don't worry. I won't be making you climb towers around the country. And like, Ah, thank you. Having said that, though, uh, unfortunately, there's this perk you can get called airdrop. Uh, for, so every time you fast travel somewhere, instead of just going right to that point, they drop you like, you know, hundreds of meters in the air and you can parachute or you can wingsuit down to any direction you want. And that's, I found it, it really shortened my time. And, you know, I could have just not done it, but then I... It was just weird because like, well, it's there, so I'm going to do it. You can like, if there's a point of interest you got to get to that you've never been to before, but like many miles away, there's one that you have been to. You can just fast travel to that and it drops you so high that you can wingsuit kind of anywhere. Yeah, I so you don't really need so to like, <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, oh, I need to go up that mountain. Oh, maybe I should go do something fun. Like find a car or find a plane or helicopter and make my way there. Oh no, I can just kind of teleport anywhere at any time. Yeah. Even without unlocking it. It was, I kind of wish that wasn't there. And again, if you're just disciplined enough, you can just go like, all right, I won't use the airdrop, you know, but as soon as I unlocked it, I just kind of always felt drawn to it. Like, ah, I just want to get there quickly. I'm just going to airdrop. And yeah, again, it's just like the um, prepper stashes where I have, the power to just ignore it, but I can't because it's there. So I wish they just didn't let me do it. And I wish they gave me less XP. And like another thing, which I have to mention in each region, how that thing that Callan was talking about, where they just kind of randomly stop you and bring you into the story is if you piss them off enough, they've got like three levels of angry. And if you reach all the way to the last level of any specific region for each of the, um, siblings that run that region they get angry enough 
they steal you away and you proceed to do like a you know a boss fight and so on and so forth the downside is that every time you blow something up or destroy something in that region it adds to your xp and filling up a bar to making them angry enough to move on now this happens you get them angry enough like less than halfway through doing all the things in the map in their region you know what i mean yeah. like you have to say you got to blow up a tower and if you blow up a tower you get like you know 700 points towards making them angry and you blow up like it's like all right there's you know 20 towers and then i only blow up like seven or eight and it's like well he's already angry enough for me to move on and then the sad part is once you've killed him all these all these missions remain but when you blow up towers or you like you destroy roadblocks and stuff towards the story you get nothing for it like you get money sorry but you don't get any more xp so it kind of feels unfulfilling and it kind of forced me to just move on to the next region because I was like, well, this is not really doing anything for my progression. So that I found that a bit weird. Too. So the whole progression thing, just I think it just needs a little bit of a... needs to be nerfed a bit, I think. Yep. And it would, it would just make for such a fun game because the elements are all so fun. It all feels good. I want to do these things, but when I lose my incentive, I just feel a bit aimless, like I'm just in a big sandbox mucking around. Yep. Um, also, kind another the, yeah. another little thing that got to me was that um, the the rate at which the guy, like enemies just rock up in cars and stuff got a bit frustrating at times when you're trying to talk to a mission giver and they're in the middle of the centers and suddenly have, um, a car of dudes rocks up and it stops that and you got to fight the guys and it's like, okay, I'll talk to him again. So that's the whole sentence again. You sit there and start listening because you want to listen to it. You can skip it. But, you know, sometimes it, it is little yeah. bits of story and stuff. Halfway through again, another little car of guys rocks up. It's like, come on, just let me get the mission off the guy. Yes. It, 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 yeah. And worse, when they um, sometimes they're panicking and they'll jump in the car and drive away. <laughs> and it's like, why? What, what are you? There goes my mission. And you see the little mission logo just getting smaller. <laughs> and you know, and there's no way to catch them. You try and get a car yourself and it blows up. And I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that can get so annoying. We also jumped into Far Cry Arcade, oh. which I, I have to talk about. Uh, and that's the, uh, you know, like you can make your own um, maps and games and you can do it either multiplayer and fight each other in a map or you can do it co-op and, and walk through a level that someone's created or do a few missions. Uh, the concept was awesome. They said that you were going to be able to use assets from all these different Ubisoft games like uh, Assassin's Creed Unity and Black Flag and blah, blah, blah. You know, all these and from Far Cry Primal. And so I got really excited. But then when you actually go in and have a look, it's only like a couple things from each game, like a flag from Black Flag and one shipwreck. And then in Primal, it's just like some bones. So it was like these little few. I thought it was like, here, have all the assets go nuts. And I was so excited. But it ended up being a little bit less than that. And the actual games, there are a few really fun maps like um, it's interesting to look through but there's a lot of sifting before you actually find something fun and I found sadly the menu navigation to fun gameplay ratio is just not quite there yet maybe it will as more um, content you know seems to drop but it was just a little bit finicky and messy and then once you actually got a game it was the chance like one in five were actually fun and most were like what's going on this is a bit janky and weird and uh. and the actual multiplayer matches are just not fun. It feels a bit tacked on, sadly. So I had to mention that. Um, all that said, I gave. I ended up giving this game eight carriages out of ten because um, it was through all that, and this is why I gave it such a high score in Carl standards. Anyway, um, through all those sort of finicky things that we're talking about, it's always fun. It always feels fun. And it's easy to get into. Everything just feels great. Um, and, oh, I should also mention the com the companions that you get, the guns for hire or fangs for hire. They actually respond really well and they're really fun to experiment with and, um, you know, try and make them do different strategic things. And taking on outposts is still one of the funnest things ever. Like, it's something that Far Cry always gets right. And that just, you know, puts that rating right up for me. You can also redo all the outposts once you finish the game. You can just say, like, reopen outposts and they reset them to how they were with the enemies originally in them and you can try different strategies and you can do that over and over so that's always fun um 
And I feel if you go into this just as like a an actual just a game, like a playground, and go in to have fun with your friends and stuff, this is just an excellent game with many awesome systems all happening at once. There's like wildlife in the background. You can see like bears just randomly attacking bad guys while you're doing something completely different. Um, yeah, so eight carriages out of ten from me for, for Far Cry 5. All right, now we're going to move on to uh, games of our lives. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the games, games of, of our, our lives. lives. Um, now, in this version of our games of our lives that we've been doing lately, we have been uh, talking about our favorite game of every system we've ever owned. And this episode, we're up to the PC. Now, there's so many kabajillion million games on PC and eras, so... I wanted to do like four different ones, but we uh, we met in the middle and Kellen and I decided that we'll do a pre-2000s and a post-2000s of PC gaming. So we're going to do the pre-2000s on PC. So for me, that was on uh, my Windows 95 setup. Um, Kellen, you want to talk about what your favorite game pre-2000s on PC Oh my god, was. there are so many. There are so many. I, know, I don't right? know what to do. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what's my favorite. Like... I, I, Mate, I offered to split it uh, up. No, in, don't in care. Four. <laughs> um, look, I'm going to go with StarCraft. Now, on honorable nice. mentions to Warcraft 2 and Half-Life 1, both amazing games. But StarCraft was one of the first games I ever started playing online. I got involved in a community with StarCraft. I love the story. Um, you know, it had elements of Warcraft, but set in space. It had three very distinct races in that game. Uh, and they all played very, yeah, they all played very differently, but it was so balanced. It was so balanced, and it was so much fun. And this game is still played in tournaments in like Korea today, which is amazing for a game that came out in uh, nineteen ninety eight. For twenty years on, it it is still wow. played so in some tournaments over, overseas, which is incredible. I just yeah, every yeah. bet this game, and and it looked cool. The, the cutscenes were awesome. Blizzard always do great cutscenes, but this, it just looks so, so awesome. Yeah, StarCraft for me. Nice. Wow. All right. Well, um, for me, it was, again, just super, super tricky. I didn't know what to choose. Um, but I ended up going with The Curse of Monkey Island, which is the uh, Monkey Island 3 I just, I absolutely loved those games. I um, I kind of lived through Monkey Island 1 and 2 through my friend I've spoken about earlier on this show, um, in earlier episodes, I should say, David Fisher. And I used to go to his place and watch him play the first two. And I wasn't really, I never really understood it. You know, I was more like, let's just jump around and shoot things or jump on people's heads. I didn't get adventure games, but watching him play the first two Monkey Islands, I just, I fell in love with the humor the humor was so different for me, like in a game. I didn't know a game could be so funny and so enjoyable. And then when part three came out and it was like cartoon graphics animation, like it just looked just awesome. And it was fully voice acted and everyone was hilarious. The voices were great. The acting was awesome. There was there was a song in it that you could like be part of on a pirate ship Um it, Guybrush is just hilarious. He's like sarcastic and funny and, and like genuinely witty comedy. And the gameplay was just like clever and funny and, and silly. Like I just completely fell in love with that game and it ran on my Windows 95 laptop. So I was stoked because I didn't have a lot of PC games at that time. But yeah, that was easily my favorite. So much so that it is one of those ones that is tattooed on my arm. Um, and honorable mentions for me, would be Pitfall the Mayan Adventure, uh, which I had on PC instead of Super Nintendo, and Grim Fandango, which, same reasons as Monkey Island 3. So yeah, that's Games of Our Lives. Boom. Um, Let's move right along. We're nearly at the end of the episode now, but uh, we're at that part where we jump into the passenger queries. Uh, And we have one today from... Now, I hope you're all sitting down. This is a real surprise. Reef has sent in a question. I think at this stage, Reef is staff now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But anyway, Reef from Game Train, not just playing. Reef has sent us a question and he says, Hey, Game Train Podcast, not sure if you've had this question yet, but do you have a favorite place to sit and game? Like a favorite chair or space? Yeah. Yeah, do you? What do you reckon, Just Colin? my couch. That's where I stream from as well, and yeah. Every house I've gone to, I've set up a gaming room or usually a garage, and I just I make that place amazing so much so that I never want to leave it. I surround it wall-to-wall -wall with posters, and I just make it like a different place where you have like all clean white walls in the house, but as soon as you open the door to this room, it's like you just... I want you to be... Well, myself, anyway. I want to be in this, like, gaming world. And I love that. The easiest way to answer this, because I kind of like gaming almost anywhere. I'll lounge in the uh, main couch in the living room, you know, while my girlfriend's watching TV and play the Switch. I love doing it there. I love playing it in bed. The easiest way to say this is where I least like to game. And that is on the desk, on the computer, with keyboard and mouse. I just... I don't hate the keyboard and mouse, I just hate sitting at a desk, I just, it feels like work, it always feels like work, and even the gaming, I just, something about playing a game on here, I just feel like, ah, oh, this is weird, alright, and finished, oh, glad that's over, and then I'll go sit down and play some Xbox or Playstation, you know, in my gaming setup, so, I don't know, I guess the best way to overcome that is like some of those guys that set their PC up and just connect it to their TV screen and play it with a controller like any other yep. game, um, but that I got so much actual work to do on my computer that I can't focus on work if I'm sitting on my couch, you know. So I have to have it on a desk. But it's uh, on the other side of the scale. It's this yep. like beefy, epic computer that runs beautiful games. But I feel like I did it for nothing because I can't play them on here because I just hate it. So yeah, that's the ginormous answer to that question, Reef. So in, in, in um, short answer, to that Reef couch. Couch, yeah. We're console gamers. Couch it is. Um, Alright, so... Uh, if you guys want to ask us any questions about anything, you know, even like where we like to sit, thanks Rui for that example, but anything to do with what, you know, gaming or not, ask Helen what his favourite cake is or something, or... Or so ask so Carl why he still can't get included with fun. Well, yep, or that. That'll, yep, that's still a yep. thing. Um... Write to us, you know, uh, send it to our, our website, which, you know, we have an up and running website now, which is just www.gametrainpodcast.com. Just click on ask a question, which is right there on the homepage or scroll right down to the contact section. Or you can just write it in our uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast. Uh, and yeah, just ask us anywhere. Um, that takes us to the end of the episode, guys. And uh, obviously that also means our... Hype Train, Love Train, and Lame Trains to finish us off. So we're going to start, as always, with the Lame Train. All right, uh, Callan. Really you quick one this week. Um, yeah. With the joining of EB Expo and PAX, it looks like now we have uh, um, yes. tiered ticket pricing for an expo, which... I don't really agree with this in that, you know, someone that pays $500 is getting access to more stuff than the, you know, the, than the people that are paying, a, you know, the $165 or whatever. Uh, you know, PAX I saw as like a big community expo. I feel it didn't need this sort of segregation of people between different areas, depending on how much they are paying to get in. Um... Yeah, yeah. That, that's really what it comes down to. Like, I just don't like... I get, you know, paying money for for an autograph and, and a meet and greets and things. That's cool. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like, you see that quite often at, like, Supernovas, etc. Um, but if, for something like this where some of these people are going to get extra gamer experiences and things like that, I don't agree with it. It's not my thing. Do you think they're bringing the... Um Pay to win to IRL. Oh, I wouldn't bit. say pay to win. It's just, um, I just don't really agree with this tiered pricing. I saw PAX, what we went to last year was this great community. And I don't like to see that community segregated into separate areas because um, Jimmy can pay more than Steve. Yeah, yeah, of course. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, mine is a timing issue. A timing issue with Xbox. Um, I've mentioned this before, but okay, so we're doing a lot of streaming now. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I've been having a lot of fun streaming on uh, PlayStation because I have the PlayStation camera. It points to me and so on and so forth. Now, I think I've mentioned this before, but you can't stream on Twitch on Xbox unless you have a Kinect. Okay? They let you use a webcam, any webcam, but only for Mixer. So if you want to use Twitch, the one that everyone else is using, you have to use their Kinect camera. Uh, now, the weird thing is that the Kinect doesn't actually connect to the Xbox One X or Xbox One S. So, which is, I mean, it's fine. There's an adapter, right? And that adapter is $150 for this, like a cable and a little power wow. box. And all that it, you'd think is my lame train, but you know what? All that is okay with me. What bothers me is that they, on the Xbox One S and Xbox One X, which I believe are the only Xbox Ones available now, period, there is no way to stream on Twitch unless you have this stuff, right? But you can't buy it anymore because it's discontinued. Not just the Kinect, but they discontinued the adapter, which, which is just, it baffles me because it's a bit weird, right? Because like... Okay, fine. Connect is dead. No one liked it. The games didn't work. Fine. But before you discontinue the adapter, maybe make it so we can use other webcams on Twitch. You know, like, how is it that it's completely restricted? And but if you want to do it, you can't actually buy the thing because it's discontinued. Like, I mean, obviously, you can go get it secondhand and you can find one on eBay and whatnot. But I just find it weird that first party buying from the shop is impossible. It is just completely impossible. Like, but strange because it is possible if you have a Connect, which they don't make and doesn't connect to the actual machine. It just baffles me. So that's my lame train this this episode. All right, uh, let's uh, let's lighten up the mood and move on to the love train. Uh, Callum, what is oh, your yeah, love train? Um, again, I mentioned it earlier, and so I'll just touch on it really quickly. Here is the. Uh, uh, anime Lab and Persona Anime being on there. I'm really excited and I'm loving it. So that's mine. Really, really simple, easy stuff. Nice. Uh, mine is um, very simple as well. Uh, I gave a lot of flack to Xbox just then, but my love train is Xbox's dedication to their backwards compatibility um, system. You know, they really they keep working on it um, to the extent of even making 360 games Xbox One X enhanced. Um I think that's really cool, and I'm excited to jump on more Red Dead Redemption. That takes us to the one and the only, the Hype Train. Hype Train. Um, which, uh, Kellen, I think you speak for both of us. Yeah, look... Uh, on Hype Train. You know, at last year's uh, E3, etc., we were a bit disappointed with uh, the lack of release dates for everything yep. on the PlayStation conference. Um, but this year, oh, sorry, but now, um, finally they've dropped the Spider-Man release date and it's so happy to get that. Uh, so yeah, September 7, it comes out exclusive to PlayStation 4. It looks awesome. I love Spider-Man. I think he's one of my favorite superheroes. I I love the villains. Absolutely. Um, the whole Spider-Man story is cool. I'm so excited that we've finally got this release date. And it's not too far away. Like, they could have easily dropped it in November, but I almost feel like Sony's got yeah, something true. else holding back for November, whatever that may be. Yeah. And yeah. Sony are having a very strong year at the moment. Um, and I think Spider-Man could be one of their strongest titles of this year. Sony are having a very strong generation. Yes. <laughs> They're just laughing it all the way to the bank. Like, they're just killing it. Speaking of which, um, my hype train's pretty much the same, except to add that another Sony exclusive, God of War, is out next week. And I am very excited to play that one. I can't wait. So, um, yeah, that's that's our episode, guys. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. As always, you guys have been just amazing. Um, you know, if you have any time, just... Drop us a, a review on iTunes. Uh, that really helps us a lot. So, um, yeah, if you can, you know, jump on and say something, anything, even a negative one, just say like, well, that sucked. We'll take it all. Uh, once again, jump on our Twitch for your chance to win Far Cry 5. Uh, it's on PS4 and it's for Australia and New Zealand only. 
but we will be on there between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m. AEST. Um, and the, the Twitch address again is twitch.tv slash GameTrainTwitch. Got any questions, write them to uh, GameTrainPodcast.com. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Next time we're going to be looking at God of War and the mysterious and strange Nintendo Labo. We'll actually be hands-on and talk about what that actually is and how it feels and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Callan, for joining us, as thank always. You, Carl. All good, guys. Uh, this has been Game Train. <laughs>